Hello and welcome to the Golazo podcast, the Mexican podcast from the Football Grad Network. I am not your host. I'm Manu Vath and, <laughs> and usually you would have heard Bryce Dunn's voice here, but he is, um, he is busy. He's doing other things. Probably, um, taking Ollie's, uh, IKEA shift. So <laughs> uh, we had to do that, right, Ollie? Had, oh, had, to, had to be done. Had Ollie Duxbury, everyone, uh, uh, joining me on this podcast because <laughs> Bryce isn't here. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much for having me back again. Yes. Weird having not Bryce here to guide us through the Golazo podcast, but I'm sure we can manage without him for at least one week. Yeah, I'm worried about getting lost a little. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all honesty, I think we should be just fine. Um, you know, I think you know, you know what I really think it is, Ollie. I don't think it has anything to do with IKEA or his work. I think it's because it was St. Paddy's. I, I was potentially thinking of that as well after a, probably quite a heavy weekend, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, I, I am a hundred percent sure. For those who don't know, our host Bryce Dunn, he's Irish, and uh, it was St. Paddy's on Saturday. Um, yeah, so you guys, he's saying he's at work. I don't believe it at all. <laughs> I have, I, I have no comms. I, I know exactly what happened, but benefit of the doubt, right? Uh, uh, innocent until proven guilty. So, uh, I, I just, I just telling you, I'm, I'm thinking my part right here. But uh, <laughs> enough of that. Enough of, uh, St. Paddy's, Irish people and Guinness. Um, we have some CONCACAF stuff to talk about. Um, yes. and some really interesting results. And I mean, we, we guessed some of the results, some of which we got right, some of which some of us got right and some of which of all of us got wrong. Um, yes, indeed. <laughs> we should probably start with the one that we all got right, um, which was that Holos went out to New York Red Bulls. I mean, this was pretty much expected, wasn't it? I mean, uh, it was a heavy deficit going into the second leg. Um, Holos, I have to say, though, they did really well. You know, they, they scored that early goal and then the, the race pretty much seemed to be on for, for them to maybe overcome that deficit, right? But the problem is, of course, the moment you concede, it becomes very tricky, right? You have to basically play that open style. Um, you cannot really concede a goal because all of a sudden you, you have to score three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it, they had to really open up the back and it was a counter goal by New York Red Bulls that basically tied the, the score up, wasn't it? And from it was, there yeah. on, it was, it was basically open floodgates, um, for Holos. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was, they, they had to sort of go out and attack because that first thing was the hardest thought is, just a very dismal flat performance. They did, like I said, they got that early goal. Momentum was with them, got hit on the counter with a sucker punch. And then I feel like a turning point for me was, um, cause I feel like they were defending quite well. Cause we know we've seen the League of Mex, like they just don't mm-hmm. see any goals. But, uh, Valenzuela went off after about just before half time and he was having a really good game. And it was sort of like after half time to our, they didn't exactly like fall apart, but they, they lost that solidity at the back. And when they just had to keep going for it and going for it, it's getting later, later in the game. The Red Bulls were able to just pick them off quite two quick, two very quick fire goals within five minutes of one another late on, just completely till, killed the tie. T1 went for it, but it feels like you show that if they did, we, we saw a side of T1, it's like if they could have done, played anywhere like they did in the first half of the second leg, in the first leg, this could have been a lot closer time potentially T1 to going through, but it was just too little too late in the end and just far too much for them to do, especially when New York got that, um, their first goal in the second leg. Yeah. And that, that goal by Tyler Adams. Mm-hmm. That, that was an outstanding goal. The kid is 19. 
He's not, oh wow, he, he, does, he does look quite a talent, yeah. Yeah, he does, and I mean, this is this is something that we've been seeing, something that we're going to touch on in in a few moments, right? About yeah. what's going on in Major League Soccer because there's quite a lot going on. But I mean, um, I I looked at this match and the, the, the lineup that New York pulled out, um, and of course this is this is one of the teams that are in the the Red Bull system, right? Um, mm-hmm. Which at which end of the chain is the the big team in Leipzig in the Bundesliga? Um, of course, the, the guys in Leipzig will tell you that they're all different clubs and different, you know, yada, yada, yada. We all know that, you know, that's the official party line anyways. But you can see there's a real philosophy there in terms of playing style. And a lot of young guys mixed in with some some veterans, but it's very much not, you know, an old MLS team like we've seen in the past. Um, yes, there's Bright Phillips up front, but he's really the only one left of that old guard. And that you could see that, you know, New York was very competitive in this game. Yeah, I completely agree. And even to talk about their style as well. I like the way they, they lined up with a, it's like a five at the back. It's effectively like a five, four, one, you want to call it like a five, two, three. But that sort of Adams was like just holding everything together. I, I thought it yeah, a really outstanding game. I, I, I confess I haven't seen a lot of the New York Red Bulls. I haven't seen a lot of Tyler Adams, but just from speaking to people like the uh, New York Red Bulls analyst, for example, who's seen him for like, seen him like grow effective last season. He was just like, been like, he, he's like one who's really going to break through. And like he says at 19. He's got the world at his feet and could go anywhere from here. And like I said, yeah, Bright Phillips is, yeah, 33. Apart from that, you've got the keepers 33, but okay, keepers doesn't really count. And I think, is it, uh, Colin, the centre back is also 32. Apart from that, they're basically all 25 and younger. So like I said, this is a team that is really building for the future with players coming through like Adams. There's a, there's a lot to be looking forward to if you're a Red Bulls fan. Mm-hmm. Especially, yeah. especially, especially in the CONCACAF Champions League as well. Yeah, I mean, this is something that we get to as well because we want to talk about the next round, but like maybe let's stay with this round mm-hmm. um, because the next match that I want to talk about, yeah, I, I, I had to, I had to do it, Ollie. I had to just do it. The, the WhatsApp was, of course, a uh, big I told you so. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> because this was the time where some of us said we're right. Um, the biggest tie of this round, I would say, between Toronto and Tigers. Mm-hmm. And I felt that, I personally thought that Toronto would go through, um, based on what I've seen in the first leg. And in the end, it did. And I think they quite deservedly went through, although, you know, um, very much a game that was decided. And maybe this is fitting for how those two teams are playing in a lot of ways and the way these two teams are put together, because it was individual talent in the end that made the difference, wasn't it? It wasn't really, wasn't they? Yeah. yeah, because Jovinko, um, of course, it wasn't the game winner. Um, it was the second away goal, which ultimately sealed it for Toronto. Um, yes, they conceded a very late penalty, um, which I thought was questionable, but, you know, penalties are penalties, handballs, especially some are given, some are not. Um, I think uh, you, you look at that and five people will tell you yes and five people will tell you no. But, I mean, Jovinko's goal was pretty much a game winner for Toronto. And it was such a brilliant free kick. Um, just outstanding free kick. And I guess that on the night, on the night where you had, um, guys like Brad, the Altidore, Jovinko on the one side, uh, Fasquez as well, right? And then on the yeah. other side, you have guys like Vargas, um, Gignac, uh, Valencia was on the bench to start with. But, you know, a lot of individual brilliance on each side. Uh, it was the individual brilliance by the Italian that in the end of the day made the difference. And like in a guy, in a game that over two legs was in, ultimately tied. But Toronto went through and away goals. Is that a fair assessment? I think it totally is. Yeah, I think this is the moment you want 
the big players to stand up and be accounted for. You think Chupin Curry's basically, he, I don't you know if they carry Toronto because that's going too far. Toronto have got a stack of that, but he is like a remarkable talent in this Toronto team. And because when I first saw the free kick going, I was thinking, oh, maybe Guzman could have done better that. But he's whipped it so well, got that right in the top corner. That it's like, okay, well, we've got to like admire Giovinco and what he can do, just like a ball from the dead ball situation. But yeah, I totally agree. I do, as much as I wanted, wanted Tiga to go through, and still we felt, I felt really confident Tiga were going to go through based on what I was saying last week. Toronto just, they had a game plan that executed it really well. I think I was looking at the stats actually, I think sort of show that, um, Toronto basically they had they had two shots. It's called two goals, but one was an own goal. So they basically had from the two shots they they basically they took their chances so well. Tigre did have a lot of opportunities. I think Bono had quite a good game in goal, but it was just Tigre just left it too late in the end with the goals to get through. I think Genie two goals were like eighty six and ninety. It was just like by the time Juventus got that second goal, it was what, three goals to get in 15 minutes. As good as Tigre are, Toronto have shown they're just as good as them. Yeah. I mean, you speak about the lineups and that this was definitely interesting. The, the way they lined up, um, with that three, five, two is, is yeah. the way Toronto play. I and mean, they always have played that way. And I, I guess, I think what was, what was, what I thought was quite brilliant, um, in the, in the way Greg Vani set up the side, um, is, Yes, and they have to have uh, struggled in Major League Soccer the first two games. They lost both those games, which I think is probably contributing. It's probably because of what's going on with CONCACAF. The focus is obviously somewhere else yeah. um, for them. But this is a side that's been so dominant over the last two seasons in Major League Soccer. Um, playing in this formation, holding the majority of possession, absolutely destroying teams on the road, scoring like there's no tomorrow. But then to say, okay, look, um, we're playing, usually we're playing against opposition that we just take apart. And then we go drop into CONCACAF Champions League football and we get the biggest fish in the pond in the first round. Uh, sorry, in the second round, right? Yeah. Um, we're not going to go away from our formation, but we are going to change the way we're going to use that formation. We're going to sit deep. We're going to stay tight. We're going to make, play almost like a 5-3-2 that can turn into a 3-5-2. Yeah. That's very, that was very smart the way they, they held that and the, to play a very disciplined game like that over 180 minutes against another side and another team that likes to hold possession like Tigres usually do, right? And to know that this, that you had to be patient because we all know that they are those Tigres moments. They always come, yeah. right? They come at the biggest stage when they face the biggest opposition. There is those Tigris moments. They will always make a mistake. They just do. That's just always been the case. You know, be it the <laughs> Copa Libertadores final, be it the CONCACAF Champions League final last year, be it a, the Liga MX final. They always make a mistake somewhere down the road. And Toronto did know that. And so I think what we really saw here was Greg Vanny, who in the past I have criticized on a different podcast for maybe not being tactical astute. That was a tactical masterclass for him, wasn't it? I totally agree. When you're coming up, you see in the opposition direction, you've got someone like Tuca Ferretti who's sort of like been there, done that with Fatigue for absolutely years. You think you don't really feel like you'd be like a bit intimidated by him, but to go to the, um, but to go to Tigre, change up the formation and it just, it worked so well. Okay. They still conceded three goals, but that didn't matter. They, what they had to do, it worked perfectly. I thought Vanderbilt, who, I mean, I, 
don't know if they did, but still playing. But like, the, it, this looks like a really great pickup for him. He was bombing down that wing, constantly tracking back. You think you had Bradley midfield who was just sort of like sweeping up everything, moving around. You think that they dropped probably maybe not maybe not the most creative player, but Victor Vasquez was hey he was carrying an injury going into the game, but he was on the bench, didn't come on until like the final fifteen minutes. But he want he wanted them to play this defensive, not more defensive minded style, and it did work. It frustrated Tigre. I let them have the ball. That's what we know Tigre does the way Freddie likes to play. But uh, the um of but Vanny was he was confident in his ability, in his ability and his ta- and the way he set his team up to get to get the job done, and they did get it done and do, do deservedly deserve to be in the semi final. Yeah, yeah, I I think so too. And again, they they all face another big matchup, which we get into in a moment. But we have to mm-hmm. first uh, do our homework, and uh, the next one, um, yeah, Seattle. You know, yes. I, I I I looked at that with a little bit of a smile because it is Seattle. <laughs> and, uh, they are the biggest rivals uh, for the team that I cover here in North America, the the Vancouver Whitecaps, of course, and you know, in the Cascadia, the Portland Timbers, and the Seattle Sounders, they are our biggest rivals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, C- Seattle really messed that one up. I there was some odd ones for me. I'm not sure if that was injuries or maybe underestimating Chivas. But um, first of all, to leave Lodero out of the squad, um, that's just I, something that didn't really make sense to me. And I haven't really gotten an explanation of why he was left out. Um, I, I sense somehow that Sounders were a bit too confident going into that second leg. And I mean, playing in Guadalajara is something very different than playing at home at Century Link. You know, in, in, in North America and the competitions that we have here, home and away is still a huge difference uh, in terms of travel, in terms of different mm-hmm. stadiums, in terms of different climate. Um, yes, the, the Cascadia, the, the Pacific Northwest, we, it's very much springtime here. Um, but at the same time, when you go down to Guadalajara, you head into summer, right? So that's already a big climate yeah. difference. And, um, I didn't quite understand how they squandered this one because I, I personally thought this Chivas site was very beatable. Yeah, I totally agree. That's I think that's why I previously predicted Seattle to go through. I think it worked quickly touch about the Lodera hit. I think it was just looking on the uh app I do for what he is was confirmed as injured. He basically he suffered like he suffered like a sprain in his right foot, so I'm not sure how long that'll keep him out for, but I think he was so just so good in the first leg, just having someone like him missing is gonna help. I think just Chivas just really up the game, pulled a performance out that we know they can do. They can do these performances like every now and again, mm-hmm. and it, it just really did work. I think it was uh, all coming from who got the first goal. Uh, Alanis got the first goal, like a seriously good free kick, about 25, 30 yards out. I mean, they were, they they already started the game well. Like they got that goal in the second half, and were really pushing at Seattle, just knocking down door, thinking surely eventually this goal is going to come. And once it did, Trophy's got the second five minutes later, and Seattle just looked. I don't say looked hopeless, but it's like they looked like bereft of ideas. They also had like two players go off injured in the game as well, which didn't exactly help things. So that they looked, they didn't look very fluid. They looked maybe a little bit nervous, a bit over, a uh, bit like wary of the, the the overall occasion. There was just like they're going into this game, going to Chivas, who just one of the obviously main sides of the of, the, of Mexican football, and just seems a bit like didn't know exactly how to play. You think you compare with Toronto? They knew just what they had to do, what game plan, what tactics to do to get past Tiger. Whereas, uh, Schmetzer, is that how you pronounce the Seattle yeah. manager's name? Yeah. yeah. He didn't, he, 
as I said, injuries, obviously, that's not going to help. But mm. it just didn't know what was the right way to play against Chivas. And it just it eventually, it became it became too much for his chef. I to just try and contain them the, the entire game. And those two quick fire goals early in the second half sort of killed the tie, really. And then the late one on just completely finished them off. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up Ryan Schmelzer because Schmelzer, he, because he is one of the the managers. I see Seattle up here a lot, and uh, I attend uh, Schmetzer's press conferences after the game, and he's one of those managers that I really like listening to because he has a very clear mind when it comes to the game. His his analytical skills are very much there. He's not, you know, oftentimes you go into a press conference and. You listen to a manager and you get the same sort of explanation a guy on a bar stool next to you over a pint will give you, right? <laughs> um, this is not to say that these managers are not good, but you know, no. uh, you know, there's, for me, there's a clear, um, I often, I mean, maybe that's because an academic, but I draw a connection between someone being able to express ideas and to actually translate them onto the pitch. And with mm-hmm. Brian Schmetzer, you very much get that. He's, he's one of those very intelligent coaches, a coach that, you know, you, there is a, there's a clear, there's a clear way his teams play. And, mm-hmm. um, what surprised me maybe is too that in the past, so when they won the MLS Cup in 2017, uh, sorry, 2016, they, um, they went through, they, they got into the playoffs at a very late stage and then they got to the final and beat Toronto on a clear game plan. That game plan was horrible. It, it destroyed the game, but it was a clear game plan and he did what, what was necessary to do with the squad yeah. that he had because Seattle had many injuries. And that was actually one of the reasons why I thought, you know, like even with the, the squad that they went down with, uh, to, to Mexico, I thought, okay, well, he will come up with a match plan, but I guess because yeah, maybe sometimes the occasion gets to you. Um, being in an advantage and being in a position of strength, uh, the MLS Cup is a one-off, right? Um, yes, yeah. it's a bit of a difference. And, um, yeah, it's just, I guess this, this squandered it. And, uh, yeah, Chivas are now with a massive chance because now they're in the semifinal and all of a sudden the season that they have been poor at and I mean I'm talking about the full season not the two half season yeah, I'm talking yeah. about the full season because they've been absolutely horrible to watch at times they could win a trophy at the end of the year Oli I know they've actually got something to like savor their season I think if they got knocked I think that's what I said last week if they got knocked out of this then I could just see Almeida just go in the next few days but mm-hmm. yeah they, they, should, they should basically just go now put all their eggs in the CONCACAF basket because they're not going to get into the, the gear. Okay, they may be like five, six points off eighth place at the moment, but there's so much that can happen in Mexico. There's a lot that there's a lot has to happen for them to get anywhere near that at the moment. They're not doing great in the league. Just just go for the CONCACAF Champions League. It's an absolutely amazing chance for them and potentially could be a, a classico in the final against America, which would be absolutely insane. Yeah, that, that would be insane. I personally hope it's going to be a mixed final. I like international yeah, matches. I agree. Yes, um, I agree. I would love to see. I know there's a lot of hype here in North America about this competition. We'll get to that in a moment. Mm-hmm. But, um, I personally think it'd be great to see two teams from two different. I, yes, that could happen with the two MLS teams reaching it too. Toronto did not get to, and I have to remind MLS about this too. Toronto <laughs> did not get to this fight, to this stage as a US team. Uh, my, Canadian, my U.S. friends, if they win it, that's not a U.S. trophy. That's a Canadian trophy. Just uh, want to want to point that out here because they are a Canadian team. 
and they did qualify for this tournament via the Canadian route. So, um, yeah, just a little bit of contention because that seems to fall very much flat in the US based media. But, um, <laughs> I would like to see two teams from two different leagues, maybe to, to say it that way, right? It would be great yeah. to see if that be New York and uh, America or if that be Toronto and Chivas. I think it would be fantastic to see a Liga MX MLS clash in the final which we have seen in the past. And in the past, that was a great matchup. I mean, we had the, the Montreal Impact play against Club America, right? Mm-hmm. And that yeah. was one of the greatest finals, And uh, which until about 60 minutes in, in the second leg, was undecided until Club America very much, you know, decided it in, yeah. in typical <laughs> Club America fashions. But I feel like the, the, the league has, has gone, uh, MLS has gone um, big strides since then. And so it'd be interesting. But yeah, let's talk about those two matchups before we talk about the competitiveness of the two leagues. Because we got the New York Red Bulls against Chivas. The New York Red Bulls were very have been very impressive in this tournament. In the Mm -hmm. end, they managed to defeat Holos on a 5-1 aggregate win, which is the most decisive, except for the America against Tauros uh, result, which, you know, asterisk, yes, they beat the team from Panama. So let's wait and see how they do in the next round. But this has probably been the most impressive result. New York Red Bulls, Bit of a dark horse going into this. We didn't quite know where they were, but they have an exciting team. They play exciting football. There's some young stars. There's some older guys in there with experience. What do you think of this matchup, Ollie? It's it's because they are both really good matchups. I'm just trying to think there. Which one do I think? Which one do I is the better of the two matchups? And this one could be really interesting. Mainly, first one I think of like from a fan perspective. Chivas have fans like all over. Central America into, into, into USA. So I feel like they could, could when Chivas play the second leg in New York, I can see there being like thousands of yeah. Chivas fans there. That, I mean, pretend, okay, not, not saying that having the more fans has, is going to have an advantage, but there could be a big disparity in the crowd of like Mexican fans there. Chivas recently, okay, we know how bad they've been doing in the league, but they, like I said, they can turn up for performances, beat Seattle well. They've got Cotter, I think, is in really good form at the moment. They, they also have some promising youngsters going through. I think uh, Godinez, who actually got one of the goals against uh, Seattle, has been looking very, very good recently. I think I mean, he's only got maybe two goals, I think, this season, but he's only literally just broken into the squad like this past month, mainly due to injuries to Polito, who's constantly cropped, basically. It's going to be... It will be... I feel... They'll give, surely they will give him a stronger test than... Jolos did against uh, against New York because they just didn't see up from that first leg. Because I think Chivas know, and Almeida will know, and the fans will know like, everything is right on this now. And like that, especially that first leg, I think it's going to be an absolute cracking game. And the way Chivas play, that just like no nonsense, just all out, basically like all out attack, fluid style against the way New York play. I mean, it's going to be a hell of a two legs. And that's even before we start talking about the the other game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess reckon I I reckon having this the second leg. Well, that's a big question mark. I th- I think you addressed that quite well. How many Chivas fans will turn out for the game in yeah. Harrison, New Jersey? I I personally reckon a lot. Um, yeah, I was here. How much does the Red Bull Arena hold? Uh, holds twenty five thousand. I mean, there could be like twenty five thousand Chivas fans in like in around like New York, New Jersey, anyway. So yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, this is the, the expat community, the Mexican mm-hmm. expat community is, is significant in a big city like New York. Um, probably 
big. So yeah, it's like, that's going to be an interesting one. I, I'm curious because like obviously usually it's an advantage to play the second leg at home, but are they going to have uh, a home game in the second leg is, is yeah. the question, right? Um, so, and I, I do know that Mexican fans travel well. Um, I was at the, the Mexico Canada game, BC plays, and there were 20,000 yeah. Mexicans in the stadium. Uh, and uh, Vancouver is not exactly close. You know, there's, no. there's direct flights. Um, but you know, that's about it. And it's still five hours. Uh, I guess a little yeah. less if you come from, from LA and, um, I guess a lot of them came from the United States, but still. And I can see the same similar thing happening with with Chivas, and I mean the same is true for for Toronto. The, the difference maybe is um, the, this is the second one, of course, is Toronto against Club America. It's another massive clash. Um, you know, Toronto are now facing the other richest team in in this league from Liga MX, so another yeah. massive clash. Um, but Toronto have a very good um, home fan base. That team is very mm-hmm. well received in BMO Field. Um, it's one of those stadiums, you know, classics becoming more and more like a classic football stadium and the way it's being built up, um, built up by stages, of course. But when you look at it now, it's, it's a beautiful facility. And yeah. It's, it's a very classic football stadium, like almost like one of those English game stadiums, right? With four, four mm-hmm. main stands and, um, very steep pitches and, um, you know, it's a single team in a big city. So it's a, there's a lot of support for Toronto FC. So they will have a real home game, but I think the, the playing the second leg at the Azteca, which I reckon will be very full for this game. Yes. Because this is, this is a massive clash, right? Between two teams that are very good and stacked in talent with uh, two very good coaches. And uh, I, I am really curious to, I mean, obviously, this is, in my opinion, I'm really looking forward to the New York Chivas matchup too. But I think for me, the big one is that Toronto Club America matchup. Um, possibly even bigger than the Tigers. Uh, Tigers, of course, that was two giants meeting as well. But, um, Club America, everyone, everyone reckons that Club America will add, you know, to already a very impressive CONCACAF Champions League record. Yeah. And, um, they are they are, in my opinion they are Mexico's biggest hope to win this trophy. I agree. I think Club America also they have that history behind them as well. Mm. Like people know about Club America. Even if you're not even if you're not clued up on Mexican football, you you still would have heard of Club America whereas you might not have heard of Tigre, for example. I mean yeah, this is the matchup for me. I mean as good as Chivas New York could be, it's just this is too like Toronto probably the best team in MLS America maybe one of maybe one of the best teams this season, second or third best. I think what could go against America here is they have, yes, we we're talking about they absolutely battered Tauro in the quarter final, but even in the round 16, they only had to get past the Prisa and they what, beat them, what, 6 to an aggregate as well, whereas Toronto had to get past Colorado Rapids, okay, not in the same league as like Tiga, but still a tougher tie than uh, America, and obviously uh, Toronto probably had to get past probably the strongest team so far in Tigre. So they have, they've had to really work to get to this place, whereas America, have it to have sort of ease through really. I think the second leg against the press, they drew 1-1. At home, they've flattered to deceive a little bit mm-hmm. in points in the league. I think apart from absolutely battering Lobos and Monarchos, uh, I think it was Monarchos, yeah, Monarchos, yeah. They've, what, scraped past Atlas, scraped past Leon, a couple of draws, and then as we've been touching when we talk about the league, lost at home at the weekend for the first time this season. So there is that frailty there to that America side and We've, we've touched on them talking about their lack of discipline, etc. So 
Toronto, Toronto can get at this team, especially defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, this could be a really exciting night, especially if like the likes of Giovinco out the door, if Vasquez is fit, they're, if they're all fighting. And it depends if he sticks with this um, five at the back formation as well, or does he change it up for the first or second leg, maybe? Let's be real. Dealing with tangled cords can make it harder to do your hair. Break free with the new Unbound Cordless Auto Curler from Conair. Get the curls and waves you want, anytime, anywhere. It's designed to let you experience the power and freedom of beauty in motion. No cords to hold you back. You get your curls and waves your way. Unplug and be unbound. Loose curls, tight curls, beachy waves. The Unbound Cordless Auto Curler makes it easy to get the looks you love. Love your look. Live Unbound. Available at conair.com and search Unbound. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, I think that the, the one thing that we maybe need to point out that Toronto haven't been great in the league either. <laughs> yes, that's a, that's a fair point. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I, I wonder, you know, this is, this is such a quick, that's such a difficult one for me. And when you, when mm-hmm. you look at teams throwing all the eggs in one basket, that can someone backfire. Um, yeah. In some ways. And, and for Toronto, I, I very much feel that the, the first result against Columbus, yes, it was a bit unlucky. Then they, they won the derby. They lost the derby against Montreal, which is a big match in, in the, in the east of Canada between the, the two big cities in, in eastern Canada, but Montreal and Toronto. And they lost that one in Montreal. Yeah. Um, I mean, you get a little bit of sense that, that the heads are, the heads are very much in this competition. You know, this is, yeah. the, this is where they want to be and this is where they want to win. And, um, sometimes focusing on that competition can, can be a negative. In some ways, I mean, we see this with Tigris all the time, right? That yeah. Oh, they, yeah. They get this stuck head stuck in this and um, stumble um, sometimes over this, and then um, yeah, I mean, this is something that something to watch. Um, but overall, w- what could we expect from these two games? I mean, is are these two fifty-fifty matchups, or would we say that Chivas and Club America are slight favorites? Um, because oh, it's, so, it's so tough to call. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And I mean, this is almost our next topic. There's a lot of hype around these games in, mm-hmm. in the US and Canada. Now, of course, last year we were there too. We had Vancouver and um, FC Dallas at this stage of the competition. But the sense that the, the, the big difference, of course, is that two out of the three um, MLS Liga MX fixtures in the, the previous round went the way of Major League Soccer, right? So that created mm-hmm. a lot more hype than it did last year because the previous round, Vancouver, before getting to the stage where we are now, Vancouver to, um, took out New York Red Bulls and I believe Dallas took out a Major League Soccer side as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, team from Central America. I'm not 100% sure, but it wasn't, wasn't a Liga MX. They didn't meet, no. they didn't meet until the semifinal stage. Yeah. And so there's a huge hype around this. And there, there is, of course, also the question. Um, and I guess this question will be answered at this stage. Is MLS closing the gap? 
Now, some say they have closed the gap. I don't think the gap is closed. I think that some teams in MLS are closing the gap. Some of them are not. Um, I think there's also Liga MX helping a little bit by closing the gap because I think the standard of football has gone down um, a little yep. bit in Liga MX. Um, but I guess tying all this together, what do we expect from these these semifinals? I mean, first of all, I do I agree with your points regarding both uh, the leagues that definitely there's the, the quality, especially of the lesser teams in the league of Mexico, that has definitely gone down way, way down. There's a lot more, a lot of the bigger sides are performing poorly, which is allowing the MLS sides to catch up. But also at the same time, there are some MLS sides who just aren't making enough strides. I mean, what to make up from these these two matchups? I mean, if it's if like you said about closing the gap, it's for me it's. Get it, it feels like it's getting closer. I see a lot on Twitter about the whole back and forth and everything. You've also got these two, these, these two matchups are going to be so crucial. They might, they might not say it out loud that MLS, but if they, if, if the MLS itself feel, gets two sides in the final, they'll be like, okay, boom, we're getting where we need to be. We're, we're, we're slowly overtaking League of Mexico, which has obviously been their main rival for years and years now to try and get anywhere close to, to that league. The matchups, matchups themselves, like I said, I, it's so hard. To decide between them are possibly, possibly both Mexican sides are slight favourites. But if both MLS sides get through, I really, I really wouldn't be surprised because we know Chivas have the ability to destroy teams. They have the ability to just be absolutely god awful and allow, could allow if if they follow the way TOR did, New York Red Bulls will be shown how they can just sort of like walk over teams. Toronto, when they can turn it on when they need to. America aren't great sometimes at home but again they've just got the star quality so mm. such a difficult such, such difficult matchups are going to be really intriguing games yeah I, I think so too are we going to call these Oli? are we going <sighs> to I feel like we have to we have to at least have a go <laughs> yeah I think uh, I think it will be a Toronto Chivas final oh do you yeah I think well amazingly I think it's going to be an America New York final <laughs> <laughs> oh, either or we're gonna get the matchup that we want. <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> I think that um, that to- Toronto, um, you know, they they're gonna throw everything into this match, and I think if they get past Club America, they will win the trophy. Um, uh, if not, um, you know, if if of course Chivas goes through uh, against New York and American team, you know, Toronto. If, Toronto yeah. don't go through, then uh, I think then it's it's very much Club Americas to lose. But yeah, um, I think Toronto really want this trophy, and I think they will do everything in a possible way to do it. So, but we'll see. I mean, uh, I think you can be very much right as well, Ollie. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's such a hard one to call. I don't really want to. I know. Call yeah, it, I'll, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm definitely keep going back and forth in my head between it. But I, but what I do agree with you. But the winners of this tournament will come from the Toronto America game. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's yeah. a pretty safe bet because I think mm-hmm. this will be such a tough one for both of them. And if they get through that, the final will feel easy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's, that's always one, right? Uh, interesting one. But yeah, um, what, so if the final, um, is a Liga MX MLS matchup, um, that will sort of ruin this whole Campeones Cup thing. That yeah. Liga MX and MLS have cooked up. 
I like the fact that the two leagues want to cooperate. I'm really intrigued about this all-star game that's being floated around. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it'd be a lot of fun to watch that. Um, it will probably change the format, the, um, the way MLS is currently holding its MLS all-star game. But at the same time, uh, this Campiones Cup, I see potential in that. I see a lot of potential in that. I also fear that it could somehow undermine the... Uh, CONCACAF Champions League. Um, I yeah. guess that will be interesting how they're going to fit that in. But I think altogether cooperation between the two leagues is a good thing, right? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, possibly this um, Campions match, if you asked me a few years ago, would have been a good thing because MLSIs weren't making great strides in the uh, CONCACAF Champions League. But now they've done that this season, which shows, okay, maybe because they're trying to get to the final here. Then they'll see they're in the final of the, the final. They're, they've already in the, uh, uh, MLS League of Champions match. So they could have the chance at two titles. But I also agree. Yeah. The two, two leagues working together. I think it's something that's been needed to do for a while now. I think we've been discussing this off pod. Like what can the leagues learn from one another? Mm -hmm. I think speaking of sort of like, I know the League of MX more than the MLS. The one thing that's always really frustrated me is just like, not as like, there's no fan engagement, but it's just like there's so much potential mm -hmm. for for the league itself, for clubs to just like to really get involved a lot more. I think we we have seen that recently. I think Puebla are quite quite good. They're quite active on Twitter, but it's it, it's all speaking of also English speaker. It is all in Spanish. You if you want to try and grow your brand a bit more, you need to break into into I'm not saying this, you need to break into like the English speaking market and. So you, you might need to have like Twitter accounts, for example, like official Twitter accounts that are in English. I know Santos Laguna have one, which is okay. That's a good set from them. But you want the you want the big clubs like Chivas, Club America, Monterey, uh, Tigre to all have official accounts in English that so they can tweet about it. You want the I mean, it, just comparing the um, League of Legends website to the MLS one. When I just looked at the MLS, there's so it's so informative. There's so many like different things you can click on. Where's the League of Legends one? It's just like it's, very clunky. It's not. It's really, really hard to navigate when you're looking for any sort of stats in general. So I feel like that's what they can learn from the MLS, just how to just incorporate the fans into into everything, just a lot more. Yeah, for me, a big one is television, Ollie. I mean, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. The the, the, the fact we spoke about this, you can watch Major League Soccer in Britain, right? It's on Sky, mm -hmm. I believe you mentioned. Yes, um, yes Sky Sports, yeah. yeah. And then in Europe, it's, um, in the rest of Europe, it's on Eurosport. So, you know, you can watch it that way. And then they have an app. Uh, there's, of course, the MLS app, um, which um, went, was integrated to ESPN in, in North America. And Dozen is now uh, showing it in Canada, which means you can watch all the games, out-of-market games, all of it, no problem, um, because it's yeah. a single television provider. Which is already, you know, a big plus and big up to what uh, Liga MX have, where, you know, with some of the mm -hmm. games you can now watch on something like Fanatis online, but only depending on which game, which teams play at home, right? Because it's all based on different television contracts, et cetera. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what Major League Soccer does also very well is merchandise. It's, um, yeah. the merchandise aspect of the league is a second to none. Of course, they have a central contract with Adidas. They, um, the, the kits that they put out are very nice, um, very wearable. Um, then of course they are very good in just placing themselves in that market. And, you know, MLS, there's a lot of things to criticize about it. Promotion relegation is a big one for me. 
But mm-hmm. I think the way that they uh, work with fan engagement is is incredible. Um, they're very good at filling stadiums. I mean, the Vancouver Whitecaps, and I covered this game for Pro Soccer USA. They were just down in Atlanta, you know. This is a this is a team that was played its first season last year, and they regularly fill that in the Mercedes-Benz Arena that has seventy-seven thousand feet seats. They fill that, you know. It's it's a magnificent so, yeah. team, and it's a significant uh, way if they the way they built that team with the Latin American players is just remarkable, you know. Signing a big name coach and just getting a really good brand on its feet that's carrying itself in a matter of twelve months, and that's. That's incredible work. Um, you know, Seattle is very much the same. They, they fill that Century Link Stadium on a regular basis. Um, yes, there's a lot of criticize of the, the way players have been brought through the system, but that's changing slowly too. You know, you get more and more young players going through the system. Tyler Adams, who scored the, 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 the decisive game mm-hmm. against Holos is a, is a good example. We have Alfonso Davis here at the Whitecaps, who was, a very exciting prospect who plays games day in and day out. He plays lots and lots of games. Whereas, you know, someone like Leon and the Herrera, uh, sorry, Linus and the Herrera is, um, sitting on the bench. Exactly. Yeah. And so these are, these are little things that you, you, you look at it and you think, you well, this is all adding up to, I mean, you, I like looking at the trajectories, right? Um, MLS is certainly going up and Liga MX is a little bit stagnating. And as we stay in Germany, standing still is moving backwards. Um, I, I see that a little bit with Liga MX. So I think there's a lot to be gained from, from this corporation. Um, you know, a lot of, I think corporation general is good. And maybe Liga MX can teach MLS how to get promotion and relegation sorted. Now that would be something that's yeah. something I would like to see. <laughs> but yeah, that's an interesting one. I mean, it, it, I'm really looking forward to see what this corporation does. Maybe an all-star game, maybe a Campeones, um, yeah, Campeones Cup. Uh, so those are exciting things. Maybe a Super Cup, you know, like the Super League that they had, um, you know, and maybe, and there's, there's been sort of slight hints towards, uh, creating, um, an American wide Champions League, uh, including the teams mm-hmm. from, from South America, which yeah. is personally something that in the long term I would love to see. Uh, I would love Definitely. to see some of the Brazilian teams come up and, uh, Argentinian teams and then just, yeah, so that's maybe, maybe we'll, we'll slowly but for surely move in that direction. But, uh, Oli, we have some, some results from Liga MX to talk about as well before <laughs> we get into, um, into the national team. Not super crazy match day, huh? Yeah, not club, really, no. No, not really. We talked a bit about off pod. We watched the games and we're like, no, nah, there's nothing. The, the other things that happened in CONCACAF and the, the, you know, the, the decision by MLS, Liga MX, that's almost the big topics, but we'll have to go through it anyways. Um, the big one for me, of course, Club America defeat to Toluca. Um, yes. it, we sort of mentioned this last week. It was bound to happen, wasn't it? Yeah, it was always going to happen at one time. I feel like I sort of half jinxed America when I was talking about them last week, saying that I would have been good with their discipline and everything this week, and then Bruno Valles gets two yellow cards in the first 30 minutes and gets sent off. So I sort of feel mm-hmm. like I've, I've somehow culpable for this defeat. But yeah, it was just a. Again, I was sort of half touching the way America's form is just, just a bit of a, just sloppy. So mm. maybe took their eye off the ball after getting through in the uh, CONCACAF Champions League. They would have had to have traveled back from um, Panama and they had what, two or three days of rest. So potentially that could be doing it. But again, they rested players for that game because they'd already, they'd already qualified. They went up first leg four nil. It was done dusted. Yeah. Just a bit of a lethargic performance, really. Whereas Toluca, I mean, 
if you talk about teams who are just they're absolutely flying. Right? I mm-hmm. think one five, five, yeah, five in a row now. Mm-hmm. I, again, they're just not. I think I mentioned this last week. They're not the most exciting team in the world. I think if you look at how many goals, I think their goals scored this season is what it's okay, seventeen goals and eleven conceded. It's not exactly setting the world on fire. They haven't got apart from maybe Sam Bueza who scored this weekend. They haven't got many star players, but Cristante just seems to be able to get things done. I'm not sure if you also saw as well as his not talk about the game, but um, I, can't, I can't remember when, what point it was during the game, but basically Cristante and Herrera sort of squared up to one another and then Cristante sort of put his, sort of put his like, tried to like choke Herrera effectively, but so I feel like he'd get some repercussions for that. So it's really mm. quite boiling over, obviously, with, you know, how hot-headed Herrera is, but that's what, yeah, what we said. America, they were bound to lose a game at home eventually just because they'd be looking a little bit sloppy here and there. And I th- maybe this thing could be, you say you know you always find we would say like, maybe it's a good thing if a team lose, finally loses the game, but maybe this time it's sort of getting played a bit more expansive football because what six draws this season already. It's like you need to be if you want to be real candidates for the Ligia and even the Concacaf Champions League as well. You've got to be showing stronger form than that. Yeah, I, I would go along with that. I think, yeah. um, you know, I, I I sort of when I, when we talked about this last week, um, I I just thought this is going to happen. Toluca is a side that is, um, is, is very much, you know, they, they're one of those top teams up there. So I guess it was always, it was always going to happen if it was a team. Um, Toluca was always going to be one of those sides, you know, that, uh, could take it to them. Um, the other one, Oli, is really Chivas Tigres 0-0. Um, is that a CONCACAF Champions League hangover? Because I reckon that Tigers maybe would, would really jump ahead now and, um, you know, close that gap to, well, to Santos Laguna, um, first of yeah. all, but also <laughs> jump past Club America, which they now did, which is something that I did sort of call. But I thought that, you know, at some point Tigers will really put on that next level and, uh, finish in the very top. Um, is mm-hmm. that just a Champions League hangover that we saw there? It's a little bit. Yeah. They do. They did play quite well. They actually, Juniak missed this game for injury. I think he just like some sort of like minor right knee injury. And he's been like, the, he's been in the form of his like life at the moment. Yeah. Basically when he first joined League of Max, this is like Juniak we saw. I think he's got like 10, not nine goals in like his last eight games. He's absolutely flying at the moment. So like they really did lack him going forward. A little bit of a hangover. They did. I mean, Costa had a very good game in goal for Chivas. Another day, maybe they, they do probably deserve the victory, but. Yeah, it was a, a tiny bit of a hangover. I think more from Chivas they had the hangover. I think obviously with them getting through. I think Ferretti's not going to let Tigre let up. Bailey dips, doesn't rotate at all. Keeps his normal starting eleven. Maybe changes Dam and Sosa around and Vargas and Valencia as well. But I th- you feel like shit. It, it's it's slowly starting to click again for Tigre. Okay, they got knocked out in the uh, Concacaf Champions League, but we know there'll be a time probably in the next couple of matches when they'll suddenly just rise to another level and they'll probably be pushing, even though they're like four points lost Santa Cruz with five games to go, they, 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 will, they will almost certainly within probably in the final one or two games of the uh, regular season be within like a couple of points of them because that's just what they do at this stage mm-hmm. of the season. They just know how to just turn it on when it really needs to happen. Yeah, speaking of turning it on, Santos Laguna got their result against Puebla. Yes. Um, and they're now two points clear of Toluca, four points clear of Tigres. Um, I mean, we still have five games to go before we get into the Liguela, but yeah, they, they, they just keep getting the results. Hey, it's just, um, it's really remarkable how they just, um, right now they're just going through those motions. Eight wins, yeah. two draws, two defeats. That's a 
remarkable record in 12 games. And for me, they, they're absolutely the favorites to finish first. Yeah, I agree. And they did this game without Chiellini again as well. Mm -hmm. so he, missed, he, missed, he missed the last game with, a, uh, I think it was in a muscle tear. He, he brought up for, for about a couple of weeks. So he could also, luckily, with the international break, he could probably be back for the game on the uh, 31st, I believe. But again, yeah, got the job done against the Puebla side have been much improved this Cosera by a, a ridiculous amount of stretch of the imagination. But since they were defensively, they were absolutely outstanding. I think it's Nesta Orojo, the uh, Mexican centre back, I thought was just on, on, just on his day. He's probably did one of the best centre backs in the league. It was absolutely remarkable. I think Furch got the winner with a nice headed goal. Mm -hmm. So I think even with the juniors up there, they do have goal scorers who can come in and fill in. So, they, I mean, at the moment, I can't see a team stopping them. I, I, I just feel like they'll get to a point where like, maybe losing Giannini will affect them, but they've beaten Monterey at home and Puebla away, who have played been amazing at home so far. So they've probably gone to the, play two of the strongest teams. Like well, we'd say Puebla are one of the strongest teams, but they have been and got maximum points. So I feel like they could just, who could stand in their way? Mm. Yeah, maybe Monterey. <laughs> they they got yeah, back to their winning ways, but it's maybe a little too late, eh? Slightly, yeah. I think this is over Croatia as well. They went one de one nil down in this game as well. They're looking mm. all out sorts in the first and majority of first half, but they finally sort of eventually got it going. I think uh, who got the goal? I think it was Aviles and Pavon both scoring mm. again. I think one, one thing I did notice, and someone pointed out to me as well, uh, Vangioni, who is actually the Monterey left back, I believe. I want to say they signed him from AC Milan, but. I feel like I might be a little bit wrong on that. I need to. I want. Yeah, they're signing from AC Milan. Yeah, for about for for about one point five million. I mean, ridiculously good for a left back to be like the man of match in a three-one win. He was outstanding going up and down the left. I mean, like he'd been out injured for about just under a month. He was remarkably good. So like, maybe I don't say like the, the left back returns like the missing piece of the puzzle. But you feel like everyone needs to be there for the whole Monterey sort of like team to really work and maybe when their sense back return when Basanta comes back from injury as well Jonathan Gonzalez actually missed that game with injury as well that once they all everyone comes back and it all clicks again then their machine will get rolling again yeah the first win in four um, yeah so that's I mean that's a huge result for them jumps them right back into that you know promote Liguela race um then I was sixth um, and there's still five games to go, so, you know, they could still finish in the top four. It's only three points behind, uh, America. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. And sometimes it is that missing piece, you know, some, some player coming yeah. back and then the balance is back in the side. So yeah, I, I, you, you might be onto something there, Oli. Um, absolutely. <laughs> so we, we have the Liguela race now heating up, um, our top eight. Um, it's slowly but surely shaping up. And I, I reckon Santos Laguna, Toluca, Tigres, America. Morelia, Monterey, they, for me, they're locked, um, into that. I agree. Yeah. And then, of course, you have the, you have the, like, one, two, three, four, five, six teams. So, like, Puebla, Tijuana, Pumas, Necaxa, Pachuca, maybe Leon that are, you know, still fighting, fighting for it. And, um, yeah. probably not going to find out till the last match day who's going to be where. Um, one thing that we need to point out before we go to the national team, Veracruz beat, uh, Atlas, um, game of the weekend, game of the weekend, three, <laughs> one, um, the relegation table still looking rather bleak for Veracruz. Yeah. It's, uh, they're now on 1.0309 points. 
Um, that said, they're only eight points behind Atlas in the three-year coefficient. Um, I can't tell you how many points they are behind uh, <laughs> Lobos because it's only, you know, we only, we base them on 32, so yeah. we have to do the point average. So there's zero points, seven points, zero, zero points, zero, seven points behind, um, behind Lobos. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure it out earlier. Say, I did it for example, if Veracruz were to win their next game and Lobos were to lose their next game, then Veracruz would cut the gap by, they've cut it by like 0.06, so then they'd, they'd be within like a win or potentially even a draw and we're taking Lobos. It's so difficult. I mean, you have mm. to do it on a game by game basis really to sort of figure out how it is. But yeah, Veracruz give themselves an absolute fighting chance. I think it's what I said. They have to, they had to win that game to have any chance of, of staying up. And they did just that. Atlas have been horrendous. Just absolutely humans for ages, sat in the manager. Problems galore there at the moment. Yeah. They're just an absolute mess. Now, that kid puts them within five points of a Liguela spot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Just saying. It could happen. It could happen. We've seen it before. We, we had it last year with Monarchos. It's going to happen again. <laughs> yeah. Um, it could happen. I mean, um, I think. I think the only way where crews are going to stay in this league, you heard it here first, is by oh. making a Ligoela challenge. Okay. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> they need so many points to stay in this league that they need enough points to make pretty much Ligoela. I heard it here first. It could happen. That'd, we be, could be, that'd be amazing. <laughs> heartbeat final. Uh, it'd be <laughs> incredible. So fingers crossed that they keep winning. Uh, it'd be absolutely outstanding if they do. Um, let me just check the schedule to, to see who they have next. Because yes, they're playing Club Tijuana on Sunday. Um, mm. in two weeks because we have the international break and we'll get to the, the Mexican national team in just a moment. Yeah, that's it. That's going to be a big match. Atlas are against Santos Laguna. Lobos against Toluca. Uh, so yeah, you know, it, the, the race is on. Um, we got a yeah. big city derby too on Saturday, the 31st of March. Um, Club America against Cruz Azul. That's nice. probably the match, match of the, uh, the week, weekend. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, big, ni- very nice game on Friday, Monacos against Guadalajara. Uh, yeah. That's a very good game as well. And mm-hmm. then the, the 10 a.m. Pacific time kickoff, that would be, uh, 1 p.m. 1, uh, 1 p.m. In, on the East Coast. And we are currently, when are you guys changing times over there, Ollie? Um, I think it is over the Easter weekend, because when I'm looking at the fixtures at the moment, they're saying like the Monarchos Chivas games are 2 a.m. kickoff, for example. So it must be over that weekend, the times change. But that, but, but the Pumas de Caps game is kicking off at 6 p.m. Yes, okay. That's, yeah, yeah. that was going to ask. So we are back to the yeah. usual eight hour time difference from the Pacific yes. Coast to Great Britain. So yes, it will be an 8 p.m. kickoff, uh, 6 p.m. Yeah. kickoff in the United Kingdom and, uh, 7 yes. p.m. kickoff if you're in continental Europe. And, uh, that's always, always a game I like to highlight the Puma, the, the 10 a.m. kickoff over here because it is, it is one that you can easily catch if you're in Europe. Um, so Pumas mm-hmm. against Nikaxa. Um, final topic of this week is, of course, the Mexican national team. Um, two friendly games. Against Croatia, uh, sorry, first against Iceland and then Croatia. These games are taking both place in California. I believe Iceland in Levi Stadium in, outside of San Francisco. 
And is Croatia, they're facing at the Rose Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, in, in LA? Um, I believe so, yes. Yes. So, um, yeah, two interesting games. Um, I reckon, you know, really to just test the, the champ, the, the World Cup, because we're getting very close to the World Cup. Um, just to, mm -hmm. to basically test, last test. Uh, Mexico on a group of Germany, Sweden, and uh, who was number three in that group? Germany, Sweden, and team from Africa. Uh, Sorry, South Korea. South, South Korea. Korea. So, I guess the Croatians are um, simulating Germany. Started. I, I imagine. Yeah, and then obviously Iceland, obviously with Sweden. Yeah. Yeah. So um, two interesting matchups. Um, no new new players in this lineup. Anyone who stood out for you, Oli? Anyone who surprised you? Uh, the one for me, I think I mentioned him before when they probably had their last match team was, uh, Omar Gavea mm -hmm. from, uh, XL Muscron. I believe they are in the, they're in the Belgian division, yes. Yeah. And he, yeah, he, he, pardon, go on, sorry. Yeah, 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 that, I mean, that was the one that stood out for me too. Um, yeah. Together with Jonathan Gonzalez, but of course, not a huge surprise yes. anymore. Nah, he, yeah, he's the one, yeah. Uh, hopefully he, I know, yeah, as I said, I mentioned he, met, he missed the game the weekend, so I do hope he's fit here, but yeah, I think Gavea has gone from, Strength to strength to strength. I think he's even, I'm just quickly looking at him now, the way he's been this season, um, on our, uh, our system. And he's, he's their high, by far and away, their best rated player at, um, Royal Muscron. I can't pronounce that, their, their full name, but yeah, for like a D mid, C mid, 22, relatively young, could, could be, don't say he could be a surprise in the squad, but after literally having one cap so far, he could, could potentially be pushing Jonathan Gonzalez for that, like, young centre midfield spot, because Jonathan Gonzalez basically plays exactly the same role as him. So, I'd be, I'd be interested. I can't imagine he'll line up with the two of them together. I, I like, I like, if he goes a bit more experimental, which we know how, uh, Osorio loves to do, then maybe we, maybe we could do, but any, any combination of them or just seeing both of them on the field together, trying to see how they work in tandem, because that could very potentially could be a, a centre midfield part. Should they Mexico use, Maybe a, a, a few World Cups down the line. I know they're saying a lot about how each one's going to progress, but mm. if, if, if it's anywhere like they're doing at the moment, then they're going to be absolute stars. Yeah, I would go along with that. I mean, I'll be interested to see these games, um, obviously from a German perspective as well, because mm, it'd be very curious to see how, how they line up and how they play. And I mean, we, I saw Mexico at, in Russia uh, when they played the semifinals yes. against, um, Germany. So yeah, curious, curious to see, um, what they come up with. Um, and curious to see if there's going to be any major experiments and you already pointed out, or oh, sorry, does experiment a lot. So I, I assume yes. yes, there will be. Um, but yeah, interesting lineup. Um, not too many surprises for me personally. Um, a good mix of players from Europe and, um, Liga MX. And of course the, the two out of the three MLS players are missing. The Dos Santos brothers are both uh, hurt, down with injuries. Um, so yeah, I'm curious, curious to see those two games and we'll probably discuss them, um, next week when we come back, um, following Almost the international yes. break, right? Yes, uh, definitely. Definitely lots to talk about. So, um, Ollie, that's pretty much wraps it up for us. Um, we filled an entire hour. Big surprise. Um, <laughs> whenever you say it's going to be a short, whenever you say it's going to be a short one, it's always an hour. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't, shouldn't do this. It's just that we have so much to discuss and we only go a week once a week. So, uh, yeah, uh, and I imagine Bryce would have been here. We would have definitely gone over. But <laughs> um, but before we go, where, where, where can people find you? Where can people follow you online? Um, 
How's the Swedish football? Uh, it's still going okay. I've had a few free weekends at the moment with all my team knocked out of the cup because they're basically not really, not good enough. But the Super Wrestling season starts next weekend, actually. So if anyone's going to be wanting to follow me on that, I'm, I'm actually now back on my Football Radar account. So I'm I'm still on at FR Football Ollie, or you can just catch me at my personal set at Olduck3DUXBURY. So yeah, it's going to get busier for me again come come next weekend. So I'm going to be Super Wrestling and Libra Mex heavy. Yeah, uh, super red. Uh, the, the league <laughs> that, uh, yeah, the, the IKEA of European football leagues. Uh, exactly. I'll leave exactly. it at that. <laughs> 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 It's the kind of thing where you open the package and you're looking forward to something and all you get is screw loose screws and wooden, cheap wooden boards. Um, <laughs> but that's enough about me, uh, uh, complaining about the second Swedish division. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can find me uh, on Twitter as well. Uh, I will not be tweeting about Swedish football. Uh, I promise you that right here. Um, you'll get lots of different football tweets from me, um, mostly from Football Guard Network, but also the the the, the Whitecaps, Pro Soccer USA stuff. So if you're interested in MLS um, or Liga MX, of course, if you're listening to this, and that's all on there. The at Football Guard Live is where this show is, um, where all our other shows are, all our article contents come out. Um, we occasionally tweet pictures as well from the games we're in. We're also on Instagram, um, at, at Football Grad. Um, we're on Facebook, Football Grad as well. So you can follow our accounts. Um, please do so. Please also leave us messengers. You can email us, uh, contact at footballgrad.com. If you have any suggestions, questions, inquiries, uh, criticisms, if you want to complain about us talking too much about Swedish football, that's the place to send your email to. Uh, and uh, of course, you can also um, leave us a message on iTunes. Our podcasts are also on iTunes on top of Acast. So yeah, that's that's pretty much it. You, anything to add, Ollie? Any any last things to add? Uh, if you have any super related queries, you can direct them straight to me. Okay, no, that's it. Don't don't send, <laughs> don't send those to contact at <laughs> Well, until next week, adios. It wouldn't be the holiday season if there wasn't candy, right? Celebrate the holiday season with the Holiday Crush. They've sprinkled candy with a holiday theme and fun-packed challenges every week for five whole weeks, finishing on January 4th. The more challenges you complete, the better your chances of unwrapping delicious rewards. So, are you ready to crush the holidays? Play the Holiday Crush now. Download it from the App Store, Google Play, or Windows Store for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.